This is the Pastor and the Guy Next Door, podcast number 40. Good evening. I'm your host, Pastor Simon Chapel, and the other handsome fellow is my next-door neighbor, Bill Wall. Join us as we hang out in Bill's den. This week, we talked about kettlebells. We are live. <laughs> morning, Bill. Good morning, Simon. Pastor, um, I see you brought a softball-sized piece of metal with a large handle on it. Yes. Uh, I've mostly heard these things described as a cannonball with a handle. And this is a smaller one because I didn't want to... I didn't want you to hurt yourself playing with it to start with. Uh, the one that I've been using that feels too light to me, but as we talked last time, I'm trying not to not to rush to the heavier weight because uh, I'm still letting my, my joints recover. Um, the one that I have is 36 pounds. This is 20 pounds. Okay. So this is a kettlebell. Kettlebells come from Russia. And they have been using them in Russia for over 200 years. Um, so the czars even know what a kettlebell is. Well, they... They did know. Probably, yes, yes. Uh, so, again, kettlebells uh, come from Russia. So it was part of the uh, the Russian strongman... Um, Contest? Like no, weightlifting? It, it, it was just part of the training that they did. The, the Russian strongman would, would train using using kettlebells because uh, they're a free weight, and so they're very good for developing the, the whole body. And you do more than just pick it up and put it down. Uh, obviously, there's a certain amount of skill and a certain amount of strength that comes from just literally picking things up and putting them down. Well, you don't but juggle you do, it. Uh, Three of them? No, no I, I don't juggle with them. <laughs> That would be, uh, that would be tough. So, the one that I have, uh, well, I have uh, thirty-six pounds, fifty-four and seventy-two. Um, now, in Russia, they have a unit of weight called a pood. A what? A pood, which is about thirty-six pounds, and so that's why kettlebells are the the weight that they are. So, one pood is the, the weight of the kettlebell that I'm currently using, and then I have a pood and a half and a two pood. So this is a... That's, three, about, a, that's about half a pood. This just is a over, half a pood. Just over half a pood, yes. So it's like five-eighths of a pood. Uh, yes, yes. All right. And so you, uh, shall I get at it? Uh, Let me t- Tell me what I'm doing wrong. I'm walking oh, over to this <laughs> five-eighths of a pood, bending over... Oh, yeah. It's, little, it's 20 pounds. Yeah, this little softball thing. So you swing it back and forth between your legs? Uh, no, let me show you. Oh, okay. And then you, and then you can commentate. All right, here we are. Simon's getting up. Hopefully how to do it right. So there's, there's a number of exercises you can do. I do two specific ones. All right. Well, so first, this, this is called a swing. Okay, well, first of all, your feet, do they have to be shoulder-width apart? Yes. Okay, shoulder-width, and you keep your legs rigid. Not the you, athletic you keep your legs from the knee down rigid. So it's basically a hinge movement. So when you, uh, you'll end up bringing the kettlebell right directly out in front of you. So for those at home, uh, Bill, you're supposed to be commentating. Okay, my, well, my arms are directly out in front. So when, when I'm swinging the kettlebell, it'll come up to directly out in front mm-hmm. of me. Okay. And then it'll go back to kind of between my legs as, as far as you can comfortably reach. But so you hinge the body. You so hinge the knee and you hinge your waist, but yeah. the ankles stay the, rigid. Your, your lower leg stays vertical 
and your, your feet stay planted firmly on the ground. Perpendicular vertical to the ground. Yes. Okay, Simon has just bent over, and now we're so swinging it back and forth. This and then up. Uh-oh, don't hit the ceiling. No, that's why you, you, you bring it to directly in front of you. Looks like you're warming up to, to give it a good fling like those big uh, <laughs> Scottish guys do. You know, they throw logs. They do. So that's a two-handed swing. So you hold it, again, with the handle directly across from you. You can also do one-handed swings. That's for the more advanced log-throwing yes. Scottish And guy. again, you, you're bending the whole body. It's a bit like trying to sit down on a, a chair that's behind you. Now, is this going to count for your workout today? Well, I already have my workout today, but... Oh, you've done it us already? I've done it already. Oh, I haven't. And then you can get fancy and you can swap. Oh, boy. That's kind of like juggling. Kind From of. one hand to the other, do you just kind of let it go in the air and catch it in the middle of the air? No, I don't do that. I, When I'm picking it up, I hold on to it until the next hand okay. has a grip on it. But, you know, even a 20-pound weight, if you add repetitions in, you can get a workout even with a, a light weight. Well, you know, my dumbbells that I've had since I've been probably 16 years old, which is 50 years ago, 6.6 .6 ounces, you Ounce. do 10 reps five times in various mm -hmm. maneuvers, and it does get to be tiring when you're at the 49th time. Yes, yes, indeed. So that's... All right, let me see if I can't... Possibly right, not then, hurt myself. And then I'll show you the other exercise. Okay. I'm going to stand back. Remember, don't let go of it. I won't let go. It's going to fling through your window. The ankles have to be rigid. Feet shoulder distance apart. Yes. Bend over. Now, I am old, but I can bend over. Well, bend, bend your knees to get down to it. Oh, okay. Yep. And, and then, then both hands. Yep. Do I straighten out my knees once I get it? Uh, well, you will bend. Or is, is, it, is it just technique? There you go. Oh, oh yep. Don't bring it up too high. You want to be able to look directly along your arm. Oh, directly. Okay, so I parallel to the floor. That's as high as you want to bring it. Yes. Have you been counting? Good, good form. No. Good form. So it's like a reverse. Uh, it's like a reverse crunch, because you're actually straightening out rather than yeah, curling up. You know what? That it, stretched out the leg muscles. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it yeah, no. feels pretty doggone good. It, that's, so that's the first one of the, the two exercises I do. That's a swing. Okay. Pulled because you're literally just swinging it down between your legs and then up. So do you switch it over? And you, you use the a pud? Pood. Pood. I, I, I do it with, with one pood, which is 16 kilograms or... Approximately 36 pounds. Approximately. So it's like 35 and three quarters or something? Is it under 36? No, it, it, it's pretty close to 36. Because six, what I 16, is it, 16 kilos, when you multiply it by 2.2 to get the kilos to pounds, you, you get 36. So I'd it's have it's to go pretty to much spot on 36. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's... I'm going to have to have a drink of water here. Yeah, I, I can see. This is just, <laughs> just talking about it is tiring you out. It is, I'm, well, I'm a few years your senior. Okay, so then there's one more exercise that I do, which is called a get-up. or A get-up. Its full name is a Turkish get-up. Why Turkish? I don't know. But it's called a Turkish get-up. So, you lay down on the floor. Okay, we got on the floor there. Oh, we're a bit low on ceiling height here, but we'll do what we can. All right. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, you lay down with the kettlebell to the side of you, and you, you do these on, on each side. So, I'm going to do a left-handed one. So, you put... So, you need two kettlebells for no, this? No, just one. Okay. So, you, you take hold of the kettlebell with your hand, uh, which is to the side of your arm. You then bring your other arm over, not quite so important with the 20-pound, but when you get to the heavier weights, you need... You need the help of the second arm to, to bring it up 
to this position. He's okay. trying to just pull it up from there. So it's on your left hand side, and now you've got your right knee bent. Is that part of the procedure, or do you keep your knee straight? Oh, that, it just happens to be. You're cheating. No, it just happens to be bent. It really doesn't matter. The oh, okay. At this point, it doesn't matter. So okay. the goal now is to get this kettlebell, you started with it on the floor, to get it completely up in the air and then back down again slowly. Okay. The, the reason that you do it slowly is because your muscles have to work harder to do anything slowly. So then you... At all times, the kettlebell will be higher than you. So, the kettlebell is above me. Yes. All right, so now, I turn onto my side, so the kettlebell is now even higher. So it went up when I turned. To your right side. I sit up. Okay. Put my legs, under, I rearrange them underneath me. Now I'm kneeling up. And then I stand up, and you have the... Same. A lower ceiling. Yeah, we have we have a so if we have more ceiling room, my arm would be directly above me. So again, the kettlebell is above me at all times. So now I reverse the process. So I go from standing up to kneeling down, keeping the kettlebell above me. Putting your right arm down to stabilize. So then I, I go to sit down, yep. You're doing it all slowly with everything your your body under tension. Well, 20 pounds doesn't put much tension on you, but once, as you go up in the weight, it adds more tension. And then you lay down. So again, I'm on my side, lay down on my back, bring the kettlebell down to my side, and then roll over. Put it down on the ground, just which involves rolling over. Yes. So how many of these repetitions do you do? So I do five sets. A set is one each side. Okay. So that was half a set. So now, this is why you don't need two kettlebells. So I turn around. So now I'm laying down. The kettlebell is about a foot over from my right shoulder. Yeah. Now I put my arm on it, pull it up. With so two my, hands. You pull up with two hands? You always pull up with two hands, especially when you get to the heavier weights, because otherwise you could, you could pull the muscle trying to just pull it up. Uh, and then you repeat the process, but this time... Trying not to put a hole in your ceiling. That's a good thing. I do have some spackle I could probably yeah. patch it with. You have some paint? Paint, yeah. Yeah, okay. There All right. Go. So that is one set of kettlebells. All right, now I'm going to try this. I should take my glasses off. You, you probably should, yes. All right. Now you do the play-by-play -play here. <laughs> And since I'm right-handed, I'll do the right-handed side first. Well, you're supposed to do... Uh, yeah, do right You'll be lucky if I get one done. Okay. All right, so lay so, on Bill my is laying on the floor. Okay, and then I reach over with my left hand... To help your right hand to bring the kettlebell so that your forearm it. is uh, facing straight up. Like they this? Go, uh, I did that more. wrong. I see I screwed it up already. No, 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 you're good. You're okay. Good. And then um, I, I bring it here. So the kettlebell rests on the back of your wrist, basically. Like, so hands straight like that. Oh, wrong. I'm screwed up. That's okay. Nope, you're good. So you want this to be a nice straight line. Okay. Okay. We're in a straight line, 20 pounds. Okay, so he has this. Above my head. Yeah, this is, this is really good for giving you concentration because you don't want to drop it on your face. Oh, that would hurt. Yes, it would. Probably wouldn't be a lot less left of it. Like this. Yep. And then I... And then kneel up from there. Oh! <laughs> Whilst keeping it perfectly above your head at all well, times. That didn't happen. <laughs> and then stand up, remembering not to put a dent in your ceiling. Oh, I cheated. Yep. <laughs> and now do the exact opposite. Okay. Well, when I cheated, it came. <laughs> I bent my elbow. Now, arm straight again. Straight? Yep. Okay, now I gotta find my way back down. Yep. Careful not to put a hole in the floor. Or, or you. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is why I didn't bring the 36 pounds. Well, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> would you like me to leave that one here? Do you ever use it? I don't know. I would probably we, swing it. We got it 
we got it for uh, Fashana, and she doesn't use it very often. Well, she can come over and get it anytime. <laughs> I was wondering, does Peter use this, your six-year-old? We have a small eight-pound one, which is made of plastic. That's what the size of a shot put is. Yeah, and it's it's made of green plastic, and I think it has like sand inside, it, and it's eight pounds. Okay. He, he uses that one to do swings. This baby will never wear out. When, when Daddy's doing swings, Peter likes to come and do them as well. Okay. Oh, I'm cheating! <laughs> oh, I cheated again! I did a lot, really. Well, <laughs> I am a senior citizen, you know. Well, this is true. Uh, this okay, is where I... Neil. Okay, yep. stay right there, elbow. Coming down, coming down! Oh! And you know what's sad? It's I think that's a lot tougher than it looks, isn't it? It is. It's yeah, a very simple <laughs> maneuver. But when you're holding a twenty-pound softball, well, I do it with the thirty-six-pound one. Yeah, but you're a bigger galoot than I am. <laughs> I'm a runt. I think An old I, runt. I think I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. You did that with ease. Lay yeah. on your back. Pull it up to your chest. Keep your arms straight, stand up. Yeah, well I do so I do five sets of those each morning. I'm done. Which is <laughs> which is a set is one each side. And you know those those are very uh, the get-ups are very good because it, it works every muscle in your body. As as you may text me later today and go. Man, what did you do to me? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, actually, maybe not. Now, what I'm used to use is using is three kilos, or six point six pounds. Yes. This should probably. Well, what did you? <laughs> what do you do? Ju juggle with these? Well, yeah. <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> no, I do the actually, wrist you, thing. You know what? You can do get ups with these. Oh, sure. Yeah. And if you hold them at the end, you can kind of do swings with them. Well, I do this. I hold it behind my, the well, back of my head and too. lift it up. So I'm, I like kettlebells, but I'm certainly not beating up on, on dumbbells. No, oh, you're beating up on the weight of it. For old guys. <laughs> no, because... And, and I'm not beating up on the weight of it either. Oh, you're because just being nice because you're a pastor. <laughs> I am, yes. And I like you. Well, thank but, you. You know, uh, any weight, if you repeat it enough, like you pointed out, will, uh, well, will give make you a you, good workout. Yes, and I'm not going to be like, you know, they used to have comic books. We used to read Archie comic books and superhero comic books and whatever comic book there was. And they would always have the, the Joe Atlas behind it, you know. I'm not going to turn into one of those guys. No. Well, there's. I just don't want to lose, at my age, I just don't want to lose muscle mass. I'm going to, but I want to retain it. Yes. As much as I can. And that is perfect. It's perfect. Oh. And so, anything where you move, the more of your body you move under tension, the better. And that's why get ups are perfect. In fact, maybe, maybe I should. When we're done, I'll go bring the eight-pound one over to you. No, that's because okay. You should, you should get the. I, I don't want to. I don't want to take Peter's toy from him. <laughs> but I'm thinking. But yeah. I, I'll leave this one here, and I'll, I'll before before I leave, I'll find you the uh, the video on, on on how to use these things on YouTube. Oh, I, yeah. I'll just I'll just put in. Well, you'll kettlebells. Need to, you'll need to look up the name. Or the best advice will come from a gentleman by the name of Pavel Satsulin. Well, yeah, you'll have to look that up. Yes, yes, I thought I might. And then I'll, well, I'll save it. <laughs> I would not but know how to spell it. Pavel Satsulin, with a name like that, you're going to be surprised to hear that he's Russian. I am really surprised. Yes, I bet well, he, he uses actually, a funny uh, vo uh, funny uh, alphabet, too. Um, well, he can, but he is a he's actually now an American citizen. Well, good for him. Uh, he married a nice American lady. So I kind of like understand where he's coming from. Yes, well, different nice American lady. But right, yes. of course. Yes. And he was a 
train. He was one of the the chief trainers for the Russian Spetsnaz, which is one of their secret service organizations. Oh. So elite elite troops. So he he was responsible for making sure they were super fit. So he had to be super fitterer right than them. So the guy, but he doesn't look like a bodybuilder. He he just looks like a a very fit regular guy, but he's really strong because there's two sorts of strengths: there's functional strength, and then there's uh, artificial strength. Well, it, it's still real strength, but there's, there's strength that optimizes for actually being useful, and then there's strength <laughs> that optimizes for muscle growth. Okay. So, because you, you mentioned the Atlas thing, every... every That's a facade. Uh, well, yeah, uh, Charles Atlas actually did look like that, but um, you, can, you can optimize for muscle growth. They call that uh, hypertrophy. And you do all that with a twenty-pound no, you, you saw. You, you don't. You don't work on hypertrophy with kettlebells. Those are functional strength. Oh, okay. Hy- hypertrophy is where you you specifically do exercises that will bulk the muscle up. So that does include things like weightlifting with you know bars. And, Bars and spotters and yeah, benches. That. That's and, yeah. part of it. And then you do specific exercises to specifically pop certain muscles to be big so that you, you, you look like... Your shirt is too small. You see, you look like the, the, the Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, but, but without the green. And, and, <laughs> and, and the messy hair. You, quite. And that's fine if, if that's what you want to go for. But people like Pavel uh, and, and other... Uh, trainers, they, they optimize for functional strength, which is where... Because one of the things that bodybuilders, because they build so much muscle, they actually don't have much movement. They, they're not as agile as people with functional strength. Now, the guys with functional strength don't have the muscles, so on the beach, maybe the girls will go for the bodybuilders. But if it came to you know a throwdown, if it's time to fight or, or, or actually do something, the functional strength guys will win hands down. So you know bodybuilders can be stronger, but they, they're not as flexible or agile. You know what I just thought of? We've stuck to a subject for about 20 minutes. I know. We, we must be sick. <laughs> well, there was a lot to this swinging softball. Yeah, I've, functional strength, I guess I have some, but when you get to be on Medicare... I guess they they don't anticipate you pulling a muscle well, with a kettlebell. Not. Well, this this is why I brought the twenty pound one, Bill. Yeah, you were toying with bringing the eight one though, eight pounder. I I did toy with that, yes. Yeah, and then Peter, do you want to know where your toy is? His toy is. Oh, Bill's got it next door. Well, you know, if you, uh, well, I could bring the eight pound, then you and Lisa could do his and hers kettlebells. Mm, she's she doesn't exercise upstairs. Okay. Uh, but no, I mean, borrow it for a, a week or two and, and see how you see how you like it. I could even if I do like it, then I'll and just I'll, put it on the Christmas wish list. Very good. Have my own, and uh, I'll I'll show you the YouTube video uh, of Pavel. Yeah. Bless you. Yeah, Lisa just sneezed. <laughs> Hay fever time. Yeah. Reminds me, I need to go and buy some antihistamine tablets, or I'll be sneezing out there, and people think I'm sick. I was like, "No, it's just they, they won't come within twenty yeah. feet of you, folks. Yeah. We are six feet up, feet apart. I'll give you that." Um, yeah. So this, so this is a great way for somebody like you who just wants to keep what you've got and, and right. tone it up. This, this is perfect. I've been trying to get my father-in-law to do something like this, and he, he hasn't. But uh, so if you, you know. Doing something like this, it's it's always that first step, that first time to do it. See, I do this my free weight. Sit, you know, I I must do twelve different um, lifts with it. Five reps each position mm-hmm. at 10, 10, 10 reps five times, and I do that Tuesday and Thursday. So maybe this I could do Wednesday. You got any coffee in there? Take all you want, because I've had quite a bit. Okay. Um, 
yes, the program that I'm following, uh, you can you can do the the specific one I'm following is for everyday use. You do five sets of, of get ups because that's not too many, but that's enough. So you can do that every day. Uh, you can you can find other programs where you do it. Once a week, twice a week, three times a week, and you do more, obviously, because you need to allow a day or two, depending how much, you know, the, the, the once a week program, you're, you're beating yourself up. Twice a week, you're not beating yourself up quite as bad, but still working yourself pretty hard. So you're, you're allowing uh, rest time for your body. This one, uh, the, the one that I'm following, you do uh, the, just the swings and the, and the get-ups, it's kind of a functional minimal, meaning it's the minimum amount of exercise that will enhance the function your, the function of your body. Well, just one get up. <laughs> that was function enough. I may have to do two get ups, uh, or use my little guys, my three kilos. Yeah. Well, once you've you've seen the the motion, the the, the form of the get up, then you you can see just have a, a dumbbell and just hold that over your head instead you can certainly do that so you could you could start doing get-ups with the dumbbell actually i've seen one piece of advice i've seen was to take a shoe or okay there's a there's a tissue box here doesn't matter it's a full just, one though just, so it's got a lot more weight to it uh, well tr true the first tissue true. always gets ripped up pretty bad as yeah, you notice because i just opened it but it, it's it's a half height tissue box so you know this is good for you okay well so I'm what an you old do guy. Is you, you, you make a fist yes and you balance the shoe or in this case a uh, uh, tissue box on it and then you do your get up with this it improves <laughs> it improves your balance <laughs> and you you go from lying down to standing up with this and then the other way because it improves your balance so we're just improving balance here, not strength. Well, to start with, obviously, balance is the most important thing. Correct. So if you don't fear looking too foolish, put something light. Either a You do shoe. look pretty foolish now, though. <laughs> well, the first I would time look my... half as foolish because I've... It's not the first time in my life I've looked foolish, and I'm sure it won't be the last. Well, I'll... And the, the Bible I'll says, by the foolishness of preaching, we are saved. So Okay. So I do foolish. Um so if you don't mind looking slightly foolish, uh, you can practice the technique. So obviously there's, there's close to zero weight. What is this, a couple of ounces? <clears throat> I have no idea. It's, it's not very heavy. Well, I know. But it. if you can go through the entire get-up whilst holding this and not dropping it, then you will have... Um, You're halfway there. You will have got the the motion correct, and then you can add the weight, weight in. But um, as with most things, you got to be careful of muscle muscle memory is your friend, unless you teach your muscles to do it the wrong way. So uh, people that say practice makes perfect are not actually right. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. Because if you keep practicing doing something the wrong way, you'll get very good at doing it the wrong way, and then you'll wonder why you aren't doing it the right way. So if you get your technique and your form completely correct, then you can add weight in, and you'll get the full benefit of the, uh, the exercise. Whereas uh, if you try to do the exercise with weight, again, why I didn't bring the 36-pounder. Uh, I, you, yeah. Because <laughs> your arm was, was going off was in cheating. different directions. <laughs> that, that would have been unhealthy for you if there were a heavier weight. Yes, it would have been unhealthy for so me. So in, in Russia, the 72-pound or two-pood kettlebell, part of the... It, it's considered a rite of passage to manhood to be able to take a 72-pound or two-pood kettlebell. And let me see. So what you do is you, you pick it up one-handed. You swing it up to here. 
and then up to your shoulder, and then you push it all the way up. A 72-pound kettlebell, one-handed. And you have to do that with both hands. Oh, maybe. I, I've, I've just seen it said that you need to be able to do it. Well, I guess we know if a person was right-handed or left-handed. So, uh, one of the things with kettlebells is they always, or at least Pavel and most good instructors, always emphasize doing the same amount of uh, repetitions with the right and the left, so that regardless of whether you're a left or a right-hander, you're training each side equally. Correct. And in fact, Pavel says... Always use whichever, if you're right-handed, always start with the left hand. If you're left-handed, start with the right hand. Uh, because, and, and he's, well, he's ex-Russian military, so he, he refuses to use words like weak. He said, you don't have a weak hand. You have a strong hand and a stronger hand. Oh, okay. That's Pavel. You'll, or a you'll stronger a, and a strongest. Now you're getting with it. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. they're strong, that doesn't count. Yeah, strong. Stronger is yeah. stronger than strong, strong is and the, the strongest new... is the yeah. ultimate. Strong is the new weak. Yeah, That's right. I see where you're going with that, Bill. That's yeah. right. Ah, well played. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a chess game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like... So you even got that Pavlo grunt down. Uh. You are multilingual. <laughs> I can grunt in Russian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't oh, yeah. quite got to there with my three kilos. I, I, I normally like to be you know, fairly humble about my uh, superpowers, but, but yeah, I can grunt in Russian. Yeah. <laughs> I can say the sign of the cross in Latin. I consider myself... Got me beat. In nomine patriot, filii spiriti sancti, amen. See, I always say amen, that is English. Amen is Latin. Um, well, in England, we generally say amen. So you know a little Latin then? Well, the English language has stolen, mugged, uh, many other languages for, for words. And that's a whole separate conversation. But uh, I saw a, an amusing uh, picture years ago on, on Facebook about how that it was a meme that the English language follows other languages down dark alleyways, beats them up, and ruffles through their pockets for spare grammar. Uh, so English has taken pieces of many other languages and just rolled them all in. You know what? I just realized we're off subject again. <laughs> it's shocking. Shocking, isn't okay, it, Bill? Continue on with your no, no, knowledge no, no. of language. Oh, no. I don't. Ruffle through the pockets. Yeah. Well, English... I've never considered myself a good linguist. I, I did terrible learning uh, French at school. I barely even know enough French to start a fight. That's how, that's how little <laughs> French I know. I, I can't even hardly insult a French person. Well, the, one, the one bad thing I know how to say in French, I'm not going to say it now, cause, but, and I don't know any French people that I would want to say it to anyway. So, Well, you know what they really insult somebody you don't even just a hand gesture will do that mm. that suffices well that's true uh, of course if an english person wants to offend a french person all they have to do is say agincourt and then hold up two fingers oh i have both my fingers so i can shoot the longbow is yes. that what that means yep. the one yep uh that that will pretty much convey a certain amount of disdain for all things french so the French would capture the English and then cut off their middle finger, correct? Or was uh, it the, the other the, way? The, the first and middle finger. Oh, yes. okay. That you normally use for drawing back a, a longbow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you were done. Then you'd have to go into the artillery to learn how to... Then you, you would be anything other than an archer. Yes, that's correct. In fact, well, I imagine without those two fingers, you wouldn't be much of a swordsman either. You'd have to go the other hand. Yeah. The, so, so the stronger, the, not the strongest. Yes, yeah. Of hands. What have I started here? <laughs> well, yeah. The beginning. The Something beginning. else is going on. Yeah. So then uh, English troops would hold up both their fingers to the French troops. Go, See, still got my two fingers. Can still draw the bow. Yeah. So, so that is 
the uh, when we flip somebody off in England, we use two fingers, not like you lazy Americans only use one. Well, that's because we can't pick up kettlebells like you guys and the, the <laughs> Russian guys. Well, I can't anyway. Well, I'll give it give it a week or two. You'll be grunting in Russian. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we got to get this guy. Got get him on my phone. Pavel Pavel Satsulin. Oh yeah, I oh, he's, even... a, he's a riot. You'll you'll love watching. He... Does he have an accent? Yes, I mean it's not. Uh, he he's very understandable, but he does sound like he came from Russia. Oh, okay. Well, that's he, a good. He thing. speaks English very well, but he does have an accent. Okay. Well, I'm trying to figure out what else. So, we... how else are we going to make you better, Bill? I don't know. Maybe I should learn French. That was one of my goals when I retired. Well, I still feel like I want to learn French, although currently I'm, I'm tinkering with Greek. Not to speak it, but to read it and write it, because um, at the risk of going pastoral, and I guess this podcast is called The Pastor and a Guy Next Door. That's right. Um, the Lord is... Uh, Lord has given me, over the years, a number of things I'm supposed to be working on, and some of them I've done, and some of them I haven't. And lately, he's been leaning on me for some of the things that I haven't done yet. And if you've ever had the Lord, Lord lean on you, he can be quite persuasive. <laughs> oh, I think I've been leaned on a lot. I think, the, I think the Lord has probably leaned on my parents, and then he, in turn, they, in turn, leant on me. Well, that's sometimes how it works when you're younger, yes. Um, but one of the things that I am supposed to be working on, which is one of these projects that's so big that it just uh, boggles my mind anyway, uh, is translating the Bible. Of course, yes. Why wouldn't you pick the guy that was really bad at languages to translate the Bible? But, Makes so, perfectly good sense it to does, me. It does, doesn't it? Yep. Yes, yes. You're Ooh. bettering yourself. Um, yes, I, I will be bettering myself, uh, because I have done some tinkering with the text of the King James. So I created what uh, I call the Reading Bible, which I, because t- um, one of the things that I try to do is I try to read through my Bible every year, or I do a, a Bible reading program every year. Last year I read through the entire Bible. Um, this year I'm going to read the New Testament at least twice. Because I've read the Old Testament plenty of times. And I, I wanted to concentrate on the New Testament this year. So I'm going to read the New Testament twice. Um, so I I took the text of the King James. Because that's my preferred translation. Because it's Old English. But I'm comfortable with Old English. I understand it. But you, you're not even an Old English guy. No, but I'm comfortable with the Old English. Because it's not that different from regular mm-hmm. uh, British English. I mean, it's different, but it's not that different. It's not as different for, for me as an English person than it is uh, for Americans. Uh, so, anyway, I, I took the text of the King James, which when you look at a regular Bible, everything is, each verse is sp- split out. They're not together. There's, there's verse numbers, and each one is typeset like it's a paragraph. E- even if it's a short verse, it's typeset like it's a paragraph. Um but there's actual paragraphs in the, the scriptures. So what I did was I took out all of the, the verse numbers, flowed all of the sentences together that were within a, a paragraph and put them back in the, their original paragraphs. Because uh, I don't think most people realize that chapters and verse numbers were added later. Those were not in the original text. Uh, so when... The Apostle Paul was writing letters to people. He didn't say chapter 1, verse 1, and then start writing that, and then verse 2. He that he just wrote letters right. in Greek. Hence, I'm working with Greek, because I'm starting with the New Testament first. We'll do Hebrew second. Let, let's, let, let's one language at a time. Well, that Hebrew, that, trying to read that, I look at that, and it looks like one of those heart monitor... <laughs> a uh, little bit. Well, in Hebrew, screens. of course, is a right-to-left language as well, which for those of us in the... The West uh, adds one extra, plus none of the letters look like anything in the, the standard 
Western alphabet. No, he looked like um, a heart at, le- at least with Greek, you rec- I recognize at least half of the symbols in Greek from doing science and math. Right. <laughs> Alpha, <laughs> Omega, Gamma, Psi. Delta, all that Delta. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I at least recognize half of the alphabet straight off the bat. So that's a good start. I have a question. Are you going to learn the old Greek or the new Greek? The old Greek. Oh. So there's... That's a more artistic looking Well, there's... Alphabet. There's three Greeks. Okay. I thought there were only two. The three. old ancient Greek and then the, the well, ancient there's, modern. There's biblical Greek. Okay. There's classic Greek. And then there's modern Greek. So uh, biblical Greek is known as Koine think that's the correct pronunciation koine greek and that is the simplest of all of the greeks uh, because it was the the prior at the time that the new testament was being written that was the primary trade language in the roman empire and so everybody spoke enough greek to get by because if you traded with someone or it was the the lingua franca except that of course lingua franca means french language uh because french used to be the language that everybody spoke and now english is the lingua franca but except of course it's not french but anyway so english is the the globally spoken language now so you go on the internet i mean yes there are people speaking their own language but that's so much of the internet is in english um Back in the, the time of the, the, the New Testament scriptures were being written, Greek was that language that everybody, they, everyone knew their own language, but they also knew enough Greek to get by. And so the scriptures were written in Greek because that was the language that they could be sure the, the most people would understand. Um, so that's Koine Greek. It was, again, simplified compared to the the highfalutin writings of the the Greek philosophers, they and the, the those that wrote the stories, things like the Iliad and and that kind of stuff. The Aristotle's. Yeah, those guys wrote fancy classic Greek, and and that's you know if you're learning Greek, uh, if you want to do any work with the Bible, do you learn Koine Greek, and then you can add on the other Greeks afterwards. Because you'll need to learn more to get to classic Greek because it has uh, more sophisticated uh, vocabulary, more sophisticated grammar rules, and things like well, that. You got but, your hands full. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> and, and that's without, I haven't even talked about Hebrew yet. Uh, <laughs> and then you get modern Greek. Uh, nobody, for the old, nobody, nobody speaks biblical or classic Greek, but people read and write them, um, or almost nobody. Nobody speaks them in conversation. Maybe they speak them if they're reading them out loud. But then you get to modern Greek, which still has the same alphabet, but uh, some pronunciations are different, and the grammar rules have changed over time. I mean, think how much difference there is just between British and American English just in a couple of hundred or so years. Well, yeah, uh, so, a garage and a garage. Uh, quite so. And the spellings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, you guys put Zs in things, and we use Ss. Oh. Like uh, anal- I'm analyze. Analyze, you guys spell with a Z or a Z. Okay. And, and we would spell with a Z. So S. you kind of threw me there with the Z thing. Well, <laughs> see, again, and that's part of the difference. Uh, so... You know, there's a lot of difference. So modern Greek, uh, and I, I know some missionaries that, that speak modern Greek. They read, read, write, and speak modern Greek. And, you know, obviously that gives them you know, a huge head start in understanding biblical Greek. But even they have to learn the differences. Oh, okay, yeah, this has changed. That, 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 that isn't like it is now. That, that's, you know, the, the, the grammar is simpler. Ah. Uh, so... Yes, I, I have to learn all of that. And yes, I'm excited about it, but I'm also incredibly like, oh my goodness. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Lord help me. Are you literally, sure you're have literally time Lord help me. To 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 do podcasts when you start learning about Alpha and Omega. Or in England, we would say Omega, but that's... Oh, okay. See, there see, are, see, see, differences all over the place. Multi-language here. Yeah. Multilingual. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm, I I love doing our, our podcast. I, I thoroughly enjoy it um, on, on, on two counts. One, I enjoy just communicating, I guess that's my... The inner pastor thing, I like talking. Uh, I like the technology part of it, editing it and, and doing the, uh, the post-production. We don't do that much post-production, but I enjoy it. Uh, and then hanging out with my, with my neighbor, always fun. Well, that's probably the most enjoyable part, because I'm such an enjoyable guy. Yes, yes, I was going to say that. <laughs> and very humble at that. <laughs> yes, and one who is constantly improving. Yes. Yes, and I look forward to seeing your uh, your improved kettlebell skills next time we get together. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that'll. We'll see how far I get within a week. The swinging thing is not a big deal. No, you you seem to have a a fairly good grasp of doing that. You were as long as you keep from your knee down, shouldn't move. Parallel. So they, they should be the perpendicular ground. to the ground. I mean, obviously it might move a little bit, but but aim to keep them as stationary as possible. And then remember that it is a hinge. You're hinging at your hips. Right. Um, and try not to lose control of the kettlebell. Don't bring it up more than so that you can look directly uh, horizontal to the ground along your arms and see your kettlebell at the top of the swing. And then kind of, you know, obviously there's, there's a certain... maximum distance so your arms will let you stretch when the kettlebell goes down between your legs so well, it's a good stretching uh, motion it, too it does it does add a good stretch and then remember that the the power stroke is when you're straightening up so that's when you straighten up that's what's supposed to you know that brings your arms up which because you're holding on to the kettlebell brings the kettlebell up and that's what causes it to come up in the air so you're not you're not trying to just lift the kettlebell up in the air through strength, you're, or through strength in your arm, you're you're bringing it up into the air through the strength of straightening your your core out. Got it. That's that's the power stroke in the kettlebell, and ever then when it's coming down, that's just guiding it down. Gravity's going to do most of the work on the way oh, down. Yeah. You're you're guiding it down and then letting it swing back between your legs. I'll have to concentrate on that letting go. Yeah, don't let go. Um, so aim at something that if you let go, it won't break. Like the floor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the get up. Uh, and, and, you know, there are other kettlebell exercises. A video I'll point you at will uh, we'll cover a number of those, which, you know, obviously you're welcome to try those. But the, the swing and the get up, uh, if you just do those, uh, Pavel... Over the years, I said, you know, no, those, those two, just do those two. Uh, the program I'm on every day, do this certain amount every day, and that will, uh, that will get you functionally improving if you just do those every day. All right. So that's what I've been trying to do now that I've got a little bit more time on my hands. Yeah, so you have to kind of sneak that Greek in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to start the the Greek till after I get the current thing for PI done. Uh, whole lesson on. They titled it pastoral counseling. I'm calling it pastoral advice because in some states in this country, it is illegal to call yourself a counselor unless you are actually licensed by the state. And to be licensed by the state, you have to have certain um, specified criteria. You have Classes. Have, you have to have a degree in this or certificates in that. You've got to have paperwork, yeah. Uh, so anyone can give advice. Um, so it's legally safer to describe what pastors do as pastoral advice rather than pastoral counseling. So. 
It's like... Uh, those, you... those lawyers, they mess everything up for everybody, don't they? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're not allowed to call it that. Well, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. You're not allowed to call it that. Okay. It's advice, then. It's advice. It's advice. But I, I, on one of the, the ministerial forums that I'm on, one of the guys there said he has people, when he has people come over for advice... They, they ask for counseling, they come over, and he has them sign a sheet of paper saying, I understand that you know, this minister is not a counselor, this is pastoral, I am receiving pastoral advice, not counseling. He's that, uh, maybe, you know, obviously he... And what perhaps, state is he in? I don't, I didn't ask. Uh, and I, I didn't even look up whether Wisconsin is one of those states. It's just, you know, it's just safer to be safe. safe. It's safer to be safe, that's good. Yeah, Good that analogy. was deep. That was deep. Yeah, yeah. Aristotle deep. <laughs> Socrates sure. deep. Sure, I'll, I'll I'll take the compliment. All right, there you are. So, well, folks, we uh, talked about bettering ourselves with the weights. So yours truly here, the guy next door is going to see how far and the technique will be judged by the pastor the next time we get together. I'm pretty harshly knowing that guy. He's he's kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a drill sergeant. Yeah, yeah. Virtually indistinguishable. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, have fun. Take care. Try not to get too bored. Wash your hands. And we'll see you again. Yes. We're out. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope that you enjoyed hanging out with us. 